Welcome to the Pharmacotherapy Podcast. My name is Vicki Ellingrod. I'm a professor of pharmacy and associate dean of research and graduate education at the University of Michigan College of Pharmacy. I also have the pleasure of serving as one of the scientific editors for Pharmacotherapy. Today, joining me on this podcast is Dr. Jeffrey Bishop, um, and we are going to be discussing the theme issue that he and I co-edited for Pharmacotherapy on Precision Medicine. Jeff is, is an associate professor at the University of Minnesota College of Pharmacy and serves on Pharmacotherapy's editorial board. Welcome to the podcast, Jeff. Hi, Vicki, and uh, thanks for inviting me to be a part of this podcast today. Happy to be here. Great. So, Jeff, as we start off today, why don't we give a little bit of background to our listening audience, and could you describe with a definition or a description of precision medicine? So what is precision medicine? In, um, well, in 2015, during a State of the Union address, President Obama announced that he was launching what was called the Precision Medicine Initiative. This is a bold new research effort that was being put into place to revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease and really started to make the term precision medicine a common household phrase. So what does this mean? Simply put, precision medicine is healthcare tailored to you. In many areas of practice, our medications and other treatment interventions have been designed for what we call the average patient. So as a result of this, treatment guidelines somewhat follow a one-size-fits-all approach, which as we all know does not work for everyone as treatments can be successful for some patients but not for others. But why certain medications do work for some individuals can be very multifactorial. So precision medicine is one of the innovative approaches that we can use that takes into account individual differences in people's genes, environments, and lifestyles, and allows us to apply this data when making therapeutic decisions. So simply put, the principles of precision medicine give healthcare providers the resources that they need to target specific treatments of an illness that we encounter, further develop our scientific and medical research, and keep our families healthier. Thanks, Jeff. I think that was a great explanation of precision medicine, but I also think it's really important to point out that one of the tools that we can use in precision medicine is pharmacogenomics, which specifically is the study of genetic variants that have been deemed important uh, in determining whether someone is going to respond to a drug or not. Uh, However, pharmacogenomics is just one component of a much broader comprehensive approach Um, which is precision pharmacotherapy. So really then, precision pharmacotherapy is a major component of precision medicine, of which pharmacogenomics may be one of the tools that we use. A good good example of this, I think, occurs in the field of oncology or cancer, as recent advances are helping transform the way we treat diseases. For example, patients with breast, lung, or colorectal cancers, as well as some with melanomas or leukemias, are routine routinely asked to undergo molecular testing as part of their patient care. This testing may include specific tumor typing, uh, which then enables their healthcare team to select the appropriate treatments for their specific type of cancer or personalizing their treatments to the type of cancer they have. Additionally, there are some practice groups that are looking at specific genetic variations within the patient's genetic profile that can then further hone or decide which treatments to use for that specific patient. The patient may not be able to tolerate a specific medication based on their personal genetic profile, 
they might actually end up responding to a different one versus another. The hope is then that the medication that we need to use to treat the tumor is also the one that the patient is going to respond the most to. So by looking at both the tumor's genetics as well as the patient's genetics or their germline genetics, the hope is that we can improve the patient's chance of survival and reduce exposure to adverse effects with the medications that are used to treat cancer. Vicki, that's a really great example of where clinicians are actually using the data that is published in the medical literature. And innovative clinicians are implementing, or call that putting into practice, the testing that further helps the field and potentially saves lives. Now, while all this is being done, clinicians are also continuing to study how to use the science so that we can identify the best practices to use when treating patients. They're looking at how to incorporate this testing into, into the clinic so that our patients can have improved outcomes, which can also lead to changes in healthcare policy. And Vicki, since uh, you and I both currently conduct research within the field of mental health, I thought it was really, really interesting and fun to review the manuscripts in this issue that uh, ranged across a broad range of therapeutic areas from things like diabetes to sepsis. Jeff, I completely agree with you, and I know that as we put this same issue of pharmacotherapy together, our goal was to assemble a special issue that really presented many diverse examples of the advancement of pharmacotherapy aspects of precision medicine. Discovery research that identifies the characteristics or characterizes gene and drug relationships really provides a nice scientific foundation for clinical advancement. And examples in this issue include discovery metabolomics research in sepsis, uh, the identification of genetic loci related to drug sensitivity reactions, and characterizing the clinical pharmacology implications of drug metabolism genetics. Identifying available studies and harmonizing results from different populations and study designs are also essential parts of advancing the field. Additionally, highlighted in this issue are therapeutically relevant reviews related to antidepressants, antiretrovirals that are used for the treatment of HIV, statins, which are used for cholesterol, um, other drugs related to diabetes, opioids, and then cancer treatments that uh, really provide comprehensive updates of pharmacogenomic information in areas where clinical tests are now available but have largely not been evaluated by guideline groups. Yeah, I was particularly impressed by the breadth and depth of the uh, submissions that we received. As you mentioned, there's a, there's a little something for everyone in here. Topics related to many therapeutic areas and manuscripts that span the translational spectrum from discovery to clinical application. The identification, as you mentioned, of loci related to hypersensitivity reactions to commonly used anticoagulants is a nice example of how discovery approaches are needed to advance our understanding about why some severe and potentially deadly adverse events occur. And then on the other side of the spectrum, practical issues like how do I choose a lab for, uh, for getting a pharmacogenetic test in the clinic? And how do I think about counseling uh, for patients and provider, provider education approaches? Um, those are really becoming increasingly important as this technology is being used to, um, to, treat, uh, to guide treatment in, in clinical situations. I, and, and as you mentioned, the opioid epidemic, what is our understanding of the pharmacogenetics of how to help guide treatments for pain medications? Uh, this is an extremely timely and relevant issue and one that we need to better understand in advance. So when we, when we think about our potential um, audience for, for pharmacotherapy, in particular this, this issue, that 
the, the audience uh, is fairly broad, and so it's relevant to think about um, what does this all mean for me and my practice. And, and one, one particular article that I think um, uh, is, is notable to highlight is, is one that Dr. Kaiser and his colleagues put together on, uh, which, was a, which was a commentary about pharmacogenomics and, and how the evidence should be considered in, in relation to clinical decision-making. And, and they show us how pharmacogenomic evidence fits in with guidelines developed from, a large, um, from large amounts of evidence within the field of cardiology. Clinicians uh, need to ensure that pharmacogenomic considerations are not ignored, but just as we do with other pieces of clinical and laboratory information, they're weighed appropriately as, as just one part of the cl clinical decision-making approach. Thanks, Jeff. I totally agree. I think that precision medicine is a part of every clinical pharmacist practice at some levels, and it has been for a while. But the ways in which we've been implementing precision medicine within the practice of pharmacy um, is, is highly variable now. And we have some really cool new tools um, that have really changed um, and are allowing us uh, to do much more advanced work than we have done in the past. Um, so it has been a pleasure working with you on this um, article or on this uh, special issue for uh, pharmacotherapy, and I hope that this issue is going to provide readers with a greater understanding and perspective on precision pharmacotherapy and its role within the overall broader precision medicine. Thank you, Jeff, for working with me and developing this issue and joining me on this podcast today. Thank you, Vicki. It, it was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to another ACCP podcast episode. Our theme music is called Rocket Power and is licensed by Creative Commons. Please take a moment to recommend this podcast and subscribe via iTunes so that you'll get notified of when our next episode will be released.